Hello and welcome to this episode of Categorically Oscars. I'm Cal. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to do a preview uh, of this week's coming Oscar nominations, uh, which we're very excited about, right? Yeah, um, with all the precursors building up now and we just had the BAFTA nominations announced. So uh, it's kind of a wild time, you know, these last few days trying to figure out what's going to be nominated and what's not. So, yeah, it's uh, looking forward to Tuesday for sure. Well, the BAFTA nominations certainly were wild, um, given their, their new system of voting in a top two and then having a committee pick the other four nominees, which is quite a strange system, um, but certainly one that, that ended up with some interesting results. Um, where do you want to start with, with predicting the nominations? Which category do you want to begin with? Um, well, uh, we talked about doing a couple of below-the-line categories to start with, so we, we talked about making our predictions for cinematography and for production design, so maybe we can start with those. Um, cinematography seems like a good place to start. Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting that uh, the BAFTAs left out Belfast in cinematography, which mm-hmm. had certainly seemed to be one of the favourites there due to its black and white, which is very on vogue at the minute with the Academy. Um, but, I mean, for cinematography, I think that Belfast won't be nominated actually now. And I think that that's a bellwether. So I had June, uh, June or Dune for the American listeners. Uh, The Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, which I caught up with recently and thought it just looked stupendous visually. Mm -hmm. West Side Story and Nightmare Alley, which I I also enjoyed. And um, it's got some very flashy visuals in that one too. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I still haven't seen Nightmare Alley. Um, so that's not... I don't have that on my list. I actually have... Well, I also have Dune and Power of the Dog and Macbeth. And I have West Side Story, though I haven't seen it yet, but it just kind of looks like the kind of thing that gets a cinematography nomination. Yeah. And then my fifth is actually for Licorice Pizza, which I saw just recently, and I thought that the cinematography was fantastic in that, um, as it usually is with... Paul Thomas Anderson, so I think that's got the, I think that's got a slot in cinematography. He did that himself, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't think Belfast is going to get nominated either? No, and honestly, other than the fact that it's black and white, um, I don't see why it would. And of course, we've got a great black and white film in Tragedy of Macbeth, so that'll scratch the itch, I guess, to include a black and white film. So I think that, yeah, I think they don't need Belfast in that lineup. Yeah, and I thought the passing also was a, you know, I had a little bitch about black and white digital cinematography recently. I wasn't impressed with passing, which is why Del Bonnell's work and the tragedy of Macbeth surprised me to such an extent how much I liked it. Although I think the film wasn't great, but... I think, you know, certainly visually it, it really worked for me. But Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so what about art direction? Um, some overlap here. I definitely have West Side Story and Dune in here as well. Um, I'm imagining, imagining based on what I've seen of it, Nightmare Alley probably will be among this one. Um, and then I have... Maybe I, I considered putting licorice pizza on here too, but not quite. I don't think I can quite put it in. I would like to see Power of the Dog nominated in this category as well. And then maybe the Green Knight uh, could be a Dark Horse nominee for this one. Yeah, I think, I mean, Nightmare Alley certainly um, it's, it's got so much circus things, you know, period. Um sets so that's a definite um i th- i don't know about power of the dog it's one of those where i didn't notice the art direction much when i was watching it but given its popularity it, it wouldn't be a surprise to see it in there um yeah what do you think about maybe the french dispatch given 
Wes Anderson's uh, history in, in this category and the sort of wackiness that always comes with his movies. Yeah, I could definitely see the French Dispatch uh, getting in there. Again, haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, just based on the visu- visuals that I am familiar with, that would definitely be a contender. Yeah. Okay, what about um, Best Supporting Actress to move on to a a more uh, solid category, I would say? I mean, I think there are maybe eight or nine um, that could be nominated here, but, you know, which is quite... I mean, I think that's narrowing it down quite a lot, but um, who do you think will get nominated? For supporting actress, I have um, Katrina Balfe uh, for Belfast. Um, I, when we talked about Belfast, I remember being a little critical of her performance, but um, she has definitely been um, racking up the precursors in such a way that leads me to believe she's kind of a lock for it. Um, I think Kirsten Dunst uh, will finally get her first nomination for uh, Power of the Dog. I'm going to predict Ruth Nega as well for passing. Um, We had a discussion, I think, about this, about whether they were co-leads or not, but I suppose uh, if she's going to get nominated at this point, it'll be in supporting. Um, Ariana DeBose, is that how you pronounce her name? I'm not sure. Um, Yes. Yeah, okay, for West Side Story. And then I'm I'm actually not entirely sure who to put in my fifth... um, fifth slot for this i i think maybe i mean considering who i'm going to talk about for supporting actor that maybe marley matlin has a shot uh for coda um and i would actually love to see katherine hunter uh get nominated for tragedy of Macbeth. um but i'm really not sure on my fifth one uh it's still kind of a gray for me oh katherine hunter's insane yeah in tragedy of Macbeth. it's um <laughs> It's such an out there performance. I really liked her actually uh, more than any of the other actors in the film. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I also have Marley Matlin in there, and I, even though she's not been nominated for anything else, I feel like you know she's an Oscar winner. The Academy likes her, has a history with her, um, and it's a. It's a role in a movie that they really like and that I think we're both expecting to be nominated um, for several Oscars. So I have her in there. Kirsten Dunst is an interesting one. I also have her in there along with uh, Ariana DeBose, Katrina Balfe and Anjanou Ellis mm-hmm. um, for King Richard. But um, Kirsten Dunst not nominated for the BAFTA, which means that she was not in the top two both in the top two. Um, so I don't see that as a done deal, despite mm-hmm. the fact that she's never been nominated and this is a so-called, define, you know, finally she's going to get this nomination. I really hope she does, even though I didn't think she was amazing um, because, you know, she's had such a great career. But um, I'm not sure about that. And I have Ruth Negger sixth because it's a film that, doesn't seem like it's going to get nominated for anything else or very few other nominations. Um, and all these other women are in Best Picture nominated films, um, I'm assuming. So that's why, even though Ruth Negger would be number one for me in a heartbeat, I'm worried for her. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, I think these lists are always a combination of uh, actual predictions and just what we wish would get in, so I'm sticking with her. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about maybe uh, Jesse Buckley got a BAFTA nomination? Um, any chance she gets in on the back of Olivia Coleman's performance? I suppose it's possible. Um, that would be an interesting thing to have two actresses nominated for the same role. Um Hasn't happened since Titanic, I think. Um, so that would certainly... Iris. Oh, Iris. Yeah, that's right. Yep, Iris. Yep. Uh, so I suppose that would be an interesting 
uh, situation. I'm not as crazy about Buckley's performance in it. Um, I think she's good, but I don't know if she's Oscar worthy. Yeah. And I think, I mean, also we've got Anne Dowd in Mass. Did you see that one? Haven't seen it yet, no. She's really good, um, but that that's a BAFTA nomination only for Anne Dowd, so I'm not sure that's going to happen. And Kate Blanchett got the SAG nomination for Nightmare Alley. Uh, she's good in the film, as she always is. Um, but it's competitive this year. Yeah, definitely. Where do you want to go to next? Uh, we could stick with supporting and talk about actor. Okay, so I think I think there are three definites, which would be Cody Smith-McPhee, yeah. Troy Kotzer uh, for Coda, and Kieran Hines. Would you agree? Yep, I think those three are for sure. From there, it gets a little bit fractured. Yep. Who do you have in the other two spots? I have Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. Uh, he's only in the film for about seven or eight minutes, but it's a wild seven or eight minutes. Um, and he really makes the most of his time. I would really love to see him. I would really love to see him get a nomination for that. It's one of those classic, or should be one of those classic two scene Oscar nominated performances. Uh, and aside from Bradley Cooper, I'm I'm predicting, but I'm not entirely uh, sold on it. But I am predicting a double supporting actor nomination for Belfast. I'm thinking Jamie Dornan might snag the fifth slot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult because Jamie Dornan's not shown up anywhere, um, or not in many places. Not in many places, no. Yeah, it surprised people. But I'm actually predicting a double nomination for Power of the Dog. Which I would also love to see. Yeah, Jesse Plemons got a BAFTA nomination. I just think if you watch that movie, it makes sense to nominate him. Um, yep, yep. And I also have Jared Leto in there for House of Gucci. Um, so for anyone listening, Chris had to steal himself for months to finally pluck up the courage to watch House of Gucci. <laughs> uh, do you want to get into it now? Um, I guess I guess we could uh, brief sidetrack because obviously there's a hell of a lot more wrong with it than just Jared Leto. But <laughs> well, I mean, um, can we spoil a bit? Do you have it? In any, like, do you have it for picture? Because maybe it would make more sense to discuss it as a whole when we get there. I have it, um, I think I have it 12th for picture. So no, I don't have it in. Okay, then I guess we'll get into it now. Um, Yeah. Oh, God, where to begin on this? Um, (laughs) I, I feel like a movie that's supposedly about such a you know, kind of such a trashy, salacious story of intrigue should have been a little more deeper into that and should have really kind of played up the camp or the salaciousness of the story. But it seems to be trying to be it seems to be trying to be this century's The Godfather, um, telling the story of like a tragic fall of a once powerful whatever. Um, but it also, you know, completely ignores so much of the actual story. Like, it's like, it's as if the screenwriter was just said, oh, Gucci, the handbag people, right? Okay, don't tell me anymore. I got this. And the, you know, the director said, okay, well, you should probably know one of them murdered somebody else. Oh, okay. Okay, don't tell me anymore. Seriously, it's going to ruin it. And she just ran with whatever she thought was would work. Um which is a shame because the actual story is so much more interesting, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's a juicy story. It's, it's a, a very juicy story, yeah. But the film sort of doesn't isn't as pulpy as it should be, and it isn't as fun as it should be. And that's, that's really its biggest fault for me, is that it should be more fun. 
Yeah. You know, and that and the fun should only involve Jared Leto. <laughs> um Yeah. You know, every every scene with uh, Jared Leto's character, is it Paolo? Um, Paolo, yeah. In it, I thought, why is this scene in the movie? You know, him showing his terrible designs off. Yeah. I just thought, you know, no wonder this is two hours and 40 minutes long. Because mm-hmm. we're having to endure all of this rubbish, you know. T- tell us a bit more about about the Gucci... Um, I don't know, a bit more about why she was so such a demon, you know. Um, it, it didn't get across enough of that for me. Yeah, yeah, considering that they shift the whole story to focus on her and her um, machinations, they really don't do a good job of it. Um, and yeah, Jared Leto with his ridiculous, um, you know, it's a me, Gucci accent. Um, and the, And his character, again, is just made into a caricature and an idiot when, in reality, they seem to ignore the fact that Paolo Gucci was head of design for Gucci since the 60s. And in 1978, the year the film begins, he was made vice president by his father. So they present him in the story as like this outcast idiot child when he was actually one of the higher ups. And so that's a weird change for no reason. Um, it, it is very much, have you seen All the Money in the World? I have not. It's very much like that. Um, it's sort of strange phase uh, late in Ridley Scott's career where he's making films about um, tycoons and uh, and they all sort of look like um, like they should be a perfume advert, you know? Um, yeah. But a very, very odd film that I think had very few redeeming features, one of which was the the actress, but we can we could talk about that later. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, shall we go to international feature? Okay, yeah, international feature. This is a good one. Um, I'm much more excited about the lineup for this than I am about the best picture um, potential lineup. Uh, it's strong. It is, yeah. Um, so for this one, I have uh, Drive My Car. Then I have The Hand of God, um, The Worst Person in the World, Flea, and I'm actually, I'm, I kind of ran out of steam there because I haven't seen um, the other nominees. So I think I've just um, kind of thrown a dart and gone with compartment number six from Finland. Um and that those are my five. I think also maybe a hero, uh, the Iranian entry, probably has a good shot. Yeah, I mean, I have a hero um, first, and I think I haven't seen a hero um, because I'm waiting to see if it gets nominated because I'm not a fan of Asghar Fahadi. So I will not watch it if it doesn't get nominated, but I think it will. Um I have Drive My Car, The Hand of God, Compartment Number 6. Um, and I have Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, which would, which is the, the Bhutan entry. I assume Bhutan have never been nominated, right? Uh, they have not. And actually, they submitted this film last year, and it got disqualified. I don't remember why. And now they've resubmitted it, and now it's on the shortlist. So I actually kind of hope they do get nominated, because that's a, that's a hell of a story for them. Yeah, it would be a history maker. Um, but I think every bit of material, I've not seen the film, but every bit of promotional material just makes it look like such a heartwarming, um, tear-jerking tale, you know, um, which which certainly does help with this category, although less so recently than it used to. But I don't have Worst Person in the World in there because um, it's difficult, it's messy. Um, for, for people, it's maybe a little riskier uh, than the average movie going the Academy would like. So I would love to see it nominated because I enjoyed it um, so much along with Hand of God and Drive My Car. Um, but I'm not sure that's going to get in. And Flea, I don't know. I'm, I don't know about Flea. 
I'm just thinking it's animated, and I don't know if that will put people off. But yeah, it's it's a great film, but it I'm just not sure if that will affect it negatively. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet. And I also think Prayers for the Stolen is in with a shot as well. Um, mm-hmm. For the, the Mexican entry. Yeah. But cert- that's certainly a wide open category this year with a lot of um, high quality entries. How about the screenplays next? Yeah. We start with the original. Okay. Um, yeah, with the original screenplay, I've got... Um, Licorice Pizza. Uh, I think that's that's almost certain. I think uh, it's just it's Paul Thomas Anderson, and he's he just always gets nominated for his screenplays, or not always, but you know it's kind of he should. Um, probably, I'm guessing Belfast. Um, just I'm not. I didn't like the screenplay very much, but I think it's um, kind of headed in that direction. Um, Begrudgingly, I must say, probably being the Ricardos, um, because the Academy just loves Sorkin for whatever reason. I'm still going to watch it at some point, um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm guessing that'll get nominated. Um, And after that, uh, I would like to see, even though I haven't seen the film yet, I would like to see Almodovar. Um, get another nomination for Parallel Mothers um, because I've heard really good things about that film and uh, if I'm, I'm trying to keep Adam McKay out of the category so I'm going to go with Parallel Mothers and then I'm not sure about the fifth one um, I guess if I'm being completely, completely honest it'll probably be Adam McKay uh, I just don't want it to be Um. I think you're not going to like this, but I think that Adam McKay is probably going to win this ahead of Licorice Pizza. I just, because they tend to be, the original screenplay tends to go wacky nowadays. Um, Yeah. You know, Get Out winning, which Get Out deserved to win, but it's sort of like original as being seen as out there um, more and more lately. But, yeah, I have those. I have Belfast being the Ricardos. I also have King Richard in there. Parallel Mothers I saw this week and I liked it, but it, it's it got some issues. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bit predictable. So I don't, I don't think it's like high tier Almodovar, but yeah. What about maybe, I mean, the other options would be Flea and uh, maybe a hero. Obviously... Uh, the separation was nominated here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, those are possibilities too. I like. I haven't seen a hero yet either, um, so I can't comment. I think Flea had a very good screenplay, though. So, but it's it would be rare if a documentary got nominated in here, right? Yeah, very. Yeah, but I think what's strange about this year is that the adapted screenplay seems a bit more interesting. It usually original screenplays where the strong films lie, but I actually think Adapted has better screenplays in it this year. Yep. I agree. Especially when you've got a couple of novels like um, The Lost Daughter and um, obviously Passing as well, which which was a very renowned book and the, the biggest one obviously being June, which is beloved but do you think all of those will get nominated probably um mm, I, I actually don't have dune on mine um but i have the others i have um passing and yeah passing in the lost daughter and then i have the power of the dog and coda and then i, I have drive my car because uh, I think it's a really good screenplay, and um, I think it could. I think it stands a pretty good chance of getting a nomination. Yeah, I've got Drive My Car in, and and The Power of the Dog. I don't have Coda in. Um, I have problems with Coda, but we can go into that later. <laughs> uh, but I, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. I have Coda Sixth and, and then West Side Story, I think. Um, I think there's a little resistance to West Side Story with it being a remake of such a such a beloved film. And I don't see it being nominated in as many places as other people think it will be. Mm-hmm. Well, my sixth is actually uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, um, which might be a dark horse because it's it is a pretty faithful adaptation of the Shakespeare play. Um, and I feel like most adaptations of Shakespeare just mean cutting out stuff. So is that really an adaptation? Of course it is, but it's not as much of an adaptation as taking a short novella and turning it into a three-hour kind of epic meditation, like Drive My Car. So maybe Tragedy of Macbeth might be a long shot, but I've still got it pretty high. They definitely cut a lot of stuff out, didn't they? Because it was only an hour and 40. Yep. So they must have cut a load out of it. I would be against that nomination based on, I think the themes were not addressed in as interesting a way as I've seen in previous Macbeths in the past. Mm-hmm. But it is Shakespeare, so the pedigree is huge. Yep. Um, how about, do you have a documentary list? Um, in my head. <laughs> okay, um, do you think The Rescue is going to get nominated? We've both seen that one. Yeah, um, I, I could see it getting nominated. It's, um, it's not super, I mean, I, I think there are issues with it, for sure. Um, it's not the most exciting, is it, in terms of form? Its form. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I think it, it's an interesting thing because they had the rights to the rescuers' story, but not the the children's story. I think Netflix acquired the rights to the children's story, so the rescue couldn't address the children other than through the eyes of the rescuers. Uh, so that's kind of a weird limitation that they had. Um, I was quite shocked that they drugged them. Like I was, I was completely not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. I mean, they saved them, so you can't criticize it, but <laughs> no, no, but there were definitely moments in there where it was kind of heart pounding. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it didn't um, it didn't quite rise to the to the level of as good as it could have been. I think or as exciting. What about uh, procession? We both saw that, and I think at the time we we doubted um, whether it could get nominated, but it is on the shortlist. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to get nominated. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to get nominated. It might not win, uh, but I think it's going to get nominated. Um, and I, I think Flea is going to get nominated as well. Yeah, I think this might be the place where Flea gets nominated. Um, I don't have Procession in there because I think they just seem to tend to go towards the issue films, like... Um, not that there is there aren't issues in procession, but sort of like um, global issues. Like, mm. I mean, for instance, I have Ascension in there, which is about the Chinese um, economy, and um, I think Attica, which is about the the prison system, has a good shot too. Mm-hmm. And um, also, Summer of Soul seems to be the one where people really like that, and that might be the more entertaining one that gets in. Yeah, I, I could see Summer of Soul getting in. Is it too early for these COVID documentaries to get in? We've got the last wave and um, <laughs> in the same breath. Is it because we've had two years of this? Are people kind of sick of COVID now? Um, well, they definitely are sick of COVID, um, but I think it's still too soon to start making documentaries about it because it's, uh, despite what people seem to think, it's still not over. Yeah. So, 
I think it's definitely too soon to expect a COVID documentary to to do particularly well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Should we go with director? Yes, best director. Um, what do I have here? I have Jane Campion, of course. Um, Branna, I think. You know how could how could he not? Um, this probably Dennis uh, Villanueva, or how you pronounce his name. Um, we'll probably get one for Dune. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, and I, I'm betting on Hamaguchi getting in there for a drive my car. I have the exact same five, and mm-hmm. I don't even think Hamaguchi's a long shot. I think it's happening. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a long shot. It's very much on the trajectory of um, Pavel Pavlikovsky and um, mm-hmm. and Thomas Vinterberg, and I, I think with that director's branch being so international, I see that being more probable than even Branner for me because you've seen recently Martin McDonough was expected to get in for three billboards, even though that was one of the the best-liked films of the year and that didn't happen. So, yeah, I think that's going to happen. But Adam McKay has... um, defied people before and got nominated for Vice. That seems like a, a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility, unfortunately. And what about Spielberg? I mean, he's Spielberg, so you can't count him out. Uh, but he hasn't really been getting nominated at the precursors, so uh, he doesn't have a lot of momentum there. Has he been nominated since Munich? Um, I don't think so. Because I don't think he was nominated for The Post, was he? No, that only got picture and actress. Oh, no. No, Lincoln was the last time. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. 2012, but that's 10 years ago. So certainly not as popular as he once was, but... Any chance for Sorrentino or Del Toro? Almodovar? I think there's a chance. Um, Probably, if any of them, probably Sorrentino uh, would be my next kind of non-English language slot in there. Just because I think think the Hand of God will be nominated for International Feature, uh, and it's got he's kind of got that pedigree with the academy as well. Although so so does Almodovar. So um, hard to say. Yeah, it's Sorrentino's is probably my favorite direction of the year. I just mm. thought like it was just beautiful, um, and it's a very personal story, which I think the directors appreciate when other directors um, do films about their own life. You know so. But Hamaguchi doesn't help him. But it's an interesting um, bit of trivia uh, that I saw on Twitter recently that the last time a the Best Director field did not have a first-time nominee was 1950. So I think that's good news. Good news for Hamaguchi and bad news for McKay. Yeah. Wow, that's a long time. Yep. Okay, do you want to go for Best Actor? Okay. All right, so I think there are four, no, three or four that seem in. And from there, I think it could be about 10 people. Um, But I've got (laughs) Will Smith in there. Um, I've got Benedict Cumberbatch and Denzel Washington. I think those three are definitely in. And I have Andrew Garfield, even though I don't think the film will be nominated for anything else. I He just seems to have shown up everywhere. And I think the people who like that film will put him first. And from there, I'm, I'm not sure. I've, I've got Bradley Cooper, but 
there are, I've got about eight names written down. So that's mm-hmm. it's certainly a crowded field. Um, I agree with you on the solid three. Yeah, Smith, Cumberbatch, and Washington. I also have Andrew Garfield for the same reason you were saying, although I'm not as certain as about him. And then I've got kind of a bit of wish, wishful thinking in here. Um, I've got Nicolas Cage uh, as kind of a dark horse fifth nominee here for Pig. I would love to see him nominated for that. Um, he's won a fair amount of critics awards, so we'll see if the Academy uh, is paying attention to that. Yeah, I still haven't seen that, um, mm-hmm. but I certainly will if he's nominated. Um, yeah, I thought you'd have Nishijima in there. I thought about it. Um, I just don't think he. I want him to be nominated for sure. Uh, I think in in a just world he would be a lock. Uh, I just see him as a bit of a long shot, unfortunately. Um, and I'm I'm thinking about uh, parasite actors getting completely shut out a few years ago the academy can just sometimes be a little dense when it comes to non-english language performances yeah i certainly think he's in with a shot but um yeah there are other people here javier bardem we mentioned before he's i mean he's (laughs) he's barely a lead in the in the film the film's not really about him but he's been nominated at globe and sag um, DiCaprio also was nominated at, at the BAFTAs and the Globes. I really don't want that to happen, but it could. Um, what do you think about Cooper Hoffman's chances? I think he's got a decent chance, um, but he he's also very young um, and maybe not as... He, he has the kind of sentimentality factor, being Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Uh, and I think he's good in the film, definitely very good. Um, I would be surprised if he got nominated, but I would not be upset. Yeah. And then I think also Mahershala Ali in Swan Song, which I have not seen, but also has, has popped up in a few places. I think that's on Apple TV, that one. Um, but yeah. That seems wide open for for a shock nominee. Yep. So let's go for Best Actress. Who's your five in Best Actress? This a bit open as well, you think? Yeah, there's a lot of potential here uh, for shake-ups and surprises. I've got um, Nicole Kidman, Olivia Colman, Lady Gaga. Um, They're the definites, you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think those three are pretty pretty safe. Uh, then I've got Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Uh, again, haven't seen it yet, but... She's um, great. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. Uh, seems to be the consensus. And then the fifth one, I've got Alana Heim for Licorice Pizza. Uh, might be a bit of a bit of a long shot, but she's she's getting nominated and she's getting noticed from the critics, and I think she's great in the film, and I think she deserves uh, a shot at Best Actress. I have Alana Heim in there, um, and I'm so excited to see what she can do because I love Heim. Same as a band. Yeah, same. I just think it's amazing. There's nobody like them. Um, so and I've seen her interviewed and she does seem to have loads of personality so mm-hmm. I'm trusting that that translates to the screen um and I have Amelia Jones in there because I think why not I mean <laughs> the the film seems to be extremely popular and and she is good um she just I think maybe the role lacks a little bit of gravitas and showiness uh, of some of the other ones, um, particularly Jessica Chastain, who seems to be, has been nominated in more places. Um, but, you know, when it comes to this, 
all of these other contenders are not, apart from Rachel Zegler for West Side Story, are probably not going to be in Best Picture nominated films. Mm-hmm. So Hyman Jones will be. That's that's where the logic is is coming at from my perspective with this. But yeah, what do you think about Kristen Stewart's chances? Are they done? Uh, yeah, I think I think they're done. Yeah, not even BAFTA, but I think it, what it comes down to is the fact that Diana is divisive, and yeah. Pablo Laurent's films are divisive too. Um, you know, there are more people who are on the side of the royal family than are on the side of Diana. And that certainly hasn't helped her, you know, because she's been doing all of the press, all of these round tables and everything. So she has been trying, even though she said she... What did she say about the Oscars? That she didn't... I don't give, give a give shit. A fuck. Yeah, yeah. Shit or fuck or whatever, yeah. But clearly she does, because otherwise she wouldn't be doing the media. So she has been trying to get the nomination. Maybe for the film more than herself, I don't know. But she's been putting herself out there and it just hasn't worked. Yeah. But speaking of someone who's really trying and it has worked, uh, how about Lady Gaga? Yeah, so I I mean, I, I did like Lady Gaga because I think that... She does more than is on the page, and I think she really has an emotional through line um, between where the character is in the early scenes um, to where she ends up, because the script is quite sudden with um, the way that Patricia changes in the second half and suddenly becomes this tyrant, you know, and this control freak. There was something about the early scenes that really connected for me um the way that she was going about playing the role um but the way that she's been doing the press tour has annoyed me so much because as a musician she's incredibly fun and creative um and down to earth at least that's how she came across before and now she she thinks she's a serious actress and maybe she is maybe she isn't but the fun is gone and she's taking herself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I've, I mean, I've been out with a few actors and a lot of them weren't successful and they still took themselves too seriously. <laughs> so I think it's just the thing with actors that they can't help themselves. Maybe to be an actor, you've got to um, have too high an opinion of yourself and your craft. But I think um, for me, it's a shame. That, that it's coming across like this. But in terms of performance, I think it's like a three-star performance. It's not great, but it's it helpful for the film, I would say. Yeah. Well, I wonder if um, the... Because I felt it too, the abruptness where she went from, you know, kind of manipulative, kind of, kind of inserting herself into Maurizio's life to suddenly running the show... Um, was very sudden, and I don't know if that's, like, maybe some scenes got cut or something, uh, but it was a very quick transition, and then from then on, it was just like, she was pretty one-note, the character, from then on, um, just kind of hammering home her opinions and her whatever, and her very unsubtle manipulations, like, I can't imagine all these people were actually that idiotic in real life, maybe they were, I don't know, but I don't, picture i don't picture people building a multi-million dollar empire who are unintelligent like they have to have at least something going for them um well what i liked about the early scenes is that her manipulation of him is subtle that's it yeah and and i think she did that really well and that's why i could half buy some of the patricia's later actions because of how gaga played the early scenes Mm. but it's certainly, I mean, if, if she does win, it certainly wouldn't be a great Best Actress win. I think it would, yeah, I think it would be a terrible win. Um, she, the other thing, I mean, we mentioned Leto's accent, and obviously his is the most cartoonish, um, which is, he's got stiff competition in there from Jeremy Irons and, and Pacino, who, you know, 
I don't know what they're doing. Um, but uh, Lady Gaga seems to be going more Russian uh, <laughs> than Italian. But she is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but it's ridiculous. Because, she should know. Okay, <laughs> she should, yeah. And I, I have to assume there was a dialect coach, considering all of these actors are putting on accents, um, which is a whole other kettle of fish. But, but like the scene where she's talking to uh, Salma Hayek's character, like the, the medium, and Salma Hayek is seeing Adam Driver, you know, cheating on her with, you know, the other woman. And she asks him, you know, where is he? And she, you know, gets in her face and says, the fuck is he? And it just reminded me of the scene in Rounders. Uh, have you seen that one? No. <laughs> okay, there's John Malkovich plays this Russian gangster kind of character, and he's just, his accent is ridiculous and over the top. And at one point he asks, you know, Matt Damon uh, does something in the poker hand, and he says, the fuck did you lay that down? And that's his Russian accent. And it sounded exactly like the way Gaga said that line. And throughout the, yeah, throughout the thing, it's just awful. Um, and I was confused, seriously confused. And also, I know everybody loves that line where she goes, Father, Son, and House of Gucci. I thought that was so stupid. Like, what a, the only, you know, only characters in badly written movies would say that. Yeah. Uh, and she, she ad-libbed it, I think, from what I've read, or at least that's what the press is telling us. That's, that's not a great flex. Um, but whatever. So yeah, Lady Gaga probably going to get nominated. I would hate it if she won. Um, the Salma Hayek stuff is is really terrible. But yeah, I mean, at least it's going for fun with that. I mean, that's the problem. The film didn't quite know how much it wanted to go into the the crazier aspects and make that comedic. Um, yeah. You know, the film was self-serious in the way that, that Gaga's uh, promotional tour has been. But um, Yeah, unfortunately. We can t- we're going to talk about, um, before the Oscars happen, we're going to have a prediction episode um, to predict the winners. So we can talk about whether we think she's going to win um, then. But certainly seems a, a big possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I think people have said she's the only ones. She's the only uh, actress so far that's been nominated now for SAG, BAFTA, Critics' Choice, and the Globes. So that's that's pretty much a lock for a nomination, I would think. What do you think about um, the chances for Frances McDormand? Mm, I think she's. You can never really count her out. And I think she was really good in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I just wonder if people would view her role more as supporting, uh, even though I don't think it is. Um, but people might see it as more of a supporting performance. And maybe a bit of fatigue setting in. Mm, yeah. Given how much she's... The, the two recent wins. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Okay, so let's do best picture. What um, what are your ten? My ten. All right, I've got Power of the Dog. Um, and then the two. I'll just rush through these. Don't look up Belfast. Okay. Uh, Licorice Pizza. Coda. Uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. Tick tick boom. Drive My Car, West Side Story, and uh, still haven't seen it, but Dune, I think, will be in there. Yeah. So you don't have King Richard in there? I don't, know. Uh, maybe it's because I just haven't seen it yet, and I know it got the Producers Guild nomination, um, but I just... Uh, I Yeah, I didn't put it in. I've got... So I've got Power of the Dog, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Don't Look Up, June, Coda, West Side Story. 
and I have drive my car too. Um, just because I struggle to see, I struggle to see Tick Tick Boom nominated, because I, I don't, I just think who would put that number one? And I didn't like the tragedy of Macbeth, so I'm not predicting that for personal reasons. Mm. And I have Nightmare Alley in there because, partly because um, it seems to have support across the board. Um, in terms of it's got craft support, it's got acting support, Kate Blanchett got a SAG nomination. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there is, you know, the support for that movie across the branches. So I do think it has a shot. Um, do you want to talk about Coda? We can talk about Coda. Because, I mean, I might have a bit of a rant here about Coda, but it, for me, it does a lot wrong. And I did like the acting, apart from um, Eugenio Debez, who I thought was just terrible as the teacher. Yeah. But I think there are so many loose ends in the film. Like, it kind of starts going into the fishing infrastructure and then it's never mentioned again. And, um, you know, suddenly she gets an audition for Berkeley and the film doesn't look very good. In fact, it looks terrible visually. You know, the, the director seems to have a very limited idea of how to make the story intimate. You know, the musical surge when we get a poignant moment, but there's there, there's very little interest visually. Um, so I wasn't a huge fan overall, but I did appreciate the, the viewpoint it provided on deaf families. Yeah. No, I... I also did not really like it very much. Um, I liked Troy Kutzer and Marley Matlin. I I thought Amelia Jones was good. Um, the brother was good. Brother was good. Yeah, overall the acting was, was the only highlight of the film for me. To me, even though it was taking a kind of group that is a bit novel to focus on in films, you know, looking at the deaf community, uh, which I think is a good move. And a, and it's nice to see, you know, Matlin and Kutzer and, and Durant, you know, these deaf actors getting a chance to star in, uh, in a major film. It The story overall was very trite and cliche. It's something we've seen over and over again. The the one quote-unquote normal child, and I put quotes, very heavy quotation marks, because I'm not saying that people who can hear are normal, but I'm saying that we've seen this kind of story where a family is outside of the mainstream, and there's the one family member, usually a young daughter or son, who wants to be in the mainstream, and is caught in that tug-of-war between my family and the outside world. You know, we've seen it with uh, in films with immigrant families or with minority families or with, you know, all of these types of families. So now it's basically taking that template and putting it on a deaf family. Uh, so the story to me was very cliche in that regard, even though it was focusing on a group that has not been focused on. And I think that that was a missed opportunity because there are so many... Um, issues and so many interesting perspectives that it could have made on, you know, uh, what's her name? What's her name in the movie? Ruby. Um, as the only hearing member of this family, uh, I think it could have really done some interesting things, and I think it sacrificed that to just tell a story that we've seen a million times. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And also, I mean, I did cry at the end, but it's, um, why doesn't she sign before that? Why doesn't she sign the song when the dad asks her to sing it? When they when they have that heartwarming moment outside. I didn't understand that. Mm. I felt like it, it's, it saved that for the last scene, but it would have made sense for her to sign the song before that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has it has so many of those climactic moments where it would make sense. Like even at the concert, you know, where she's where she's singing um 
that would have been a great time to do it because her family's out there, they're supporting her. And that would have been a good moment for that. But you're right, the screenplay in the film was saving it for the for the climax. Um, I did think it was great when it went silent during the concert. Yes, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of get that that perspective and that was quite actually quite touching um yeah but yeah i I don't think it's a terrible film it just it it could have been so much more you know yes um okay so what other options do we have here what about house of gucci i suppose it's definitely possible um it's got it's got, you know, Ridley Scott is obviously a director that um, the Academy likes. Not enough to nominate him a lot of the time, but enough to nominate his movies for things. Um, it's got a lot of, you know, momentum behind Lady Gaga's performance. Um, and I think it may get some other nominations, for example, maybe costume design um, or makeup and hairstyling and stuff like that. But I don't see it getting a screenplay nomination or a directing nomination, which would make it a pretty slight chance of winning Best Picture. Yeah, I I don't see it happening either, um, but, but it has a shot. I think also maybe an outside shot for being the Ricardos, um, which did get a PGA nomination, but again, it's one where I struggle to see people putting that high on the list. Yep. Um, even though I kind of enjoyed it uh, for what it was, but yeah, it beyond that, it's difficult. It's difficult to see what could maybe lost daughter, but again, that seems pretty niche. Um, yeah, and maybe flee, but again, that's a that's very outside shot. Yep. Are there any nominations you'd like to see that we haven't mentioned? Um, why do you no. think I've got one? Um, <laughs> an original song. Uh, I would like to see Brian Wilson nominated for the song uh, "Right Where I Belong," which is from his his documentary about his life, um, which I I think is really really good and has this very Beach Boys vibe about it. Um, it for me, it's my favorite um, of the shortlist along with uh, No Time to Die. And I do like Just Look Up. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Just Look Up uh, getting in there. And yeah, you mentioned the Brian Wilson song um, a few episodes ago, and yeah, I think it would be nice to see him get nominated for that. Uh, but no, I think, I think I've made my wishes clear uh, for these categories. Okay. All right, so those are our thoughts. Um, we have a website. It's categoricallyoscars.com. We're on Twitter at categoricallyo. Leave us a review if you like the podcast. Um, we'll be back uh, on Saturday with our episode on the Best Art Direction Black and White nominees of 1953, which were Julius Caesar, Martin Luther, Roman Holiday, Titanic and I've forgotten the other one. The President's Lady. The President's Lady. Yeah. I wonder why I I forgot that one. Yeah, can't imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I'll say this again when we record it, but I guess I have to apologize for choosing this one. I thought it would be uh, I thought it'd be better. Yeah, well well we'll talk we'll talk about (laughs) it soon. All right. Um we'll be back on Saturday. See you then. It's what I live with It should get better really any day now Those were my teenagers They said go out and get a steady job That was the worst idea Hung out and day another lonely song To get me through again